In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bernard of Clairvaux, an early church father from the 11th century, spoke about three miracles in the life of Mary. All three impossible events, all three unheard of from a human level, and all three miraculous. But the last of the three, he argued, was the greatest miracle of them all. The first two, well, Mary was a virgin, and yet she conceived a child. And secondly, the child she gave birth to was God. Both unheard of events in the history of mankind, both beyond our ability to understand just how that is possible, both miracles. But it's the third miracle, Bernard argues, which God works in the life of Mary that towers above the other two. The third miracle, the greatest miracle, it's not that she conceived while yet a virgin, not that she gave birth to God, but simply this. She believed. She trusted. A word from God. And said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me just as you say. This faith is the greatest miracle of all for her. Now we can become awestruck, easily wrapped up in the miraculous workings of God in a virgin womb, in the fashioning of the divine logos, and the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, the incarnation of Jesus, God's own Son. It, it leaves us bewildered, puzzled, amazed, and rightfully so, that God himself would take on human flesh and come to us in such a way. But we must not overlook this fact in the story that the greatest miracle in Mary's life was not that she gave birth but that she believed. She trusted. She rested in God's promise for her. And that's no easy thing to do. In fact, it's as impossible as a virgin to give birth. As Luther put it, a virgin birth, it's mere trifle for God. It's child's play for him. What's truly most amazing, he writes, is that Mary believed the word that the angel Gabriel spoke to her because believing it's impossible for man to do, far more impossible than a virgin birth, to believe that God is with you, that he's for you, to save you, to redeem you, to forgive you. That's the greatest miracle that God works in us. As we see with Mary, it is 100% God's working. Man cannot believe on his own. We state this in our catechism. We confess it to be true. We say, I cannot, or, I, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. In other words, we Lutherans say we believe that we cannot believe on our own power. That This work of faith in our lives, in Mary's life, in all of God's children's lives, it's brought about solely by the miraculous working of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you doubt that even for a second, just look at the great lengths that God goes to bring about Mary's faith. The evangelist writes, in the sixth month, the sixth month of what? The sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Look at the movement of God here. Doesn't it strike you that an angel sent from God goes to a dirty old town named Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth, people ask? God? comes to a dirty old town in the middle of nowhere 
to a virgin, a young woman, a peasant. Many scholars believe Mary was an orphan, abandoned, dirty herself, broken. That God would come to a town, to a virgin who's tucked away in the corner of this world. It, it doesn't surprise us Christians because the story is so worn, we're used to it. But the movement of God throughout the scriptures, the places that he goes, it should surprise us. We should never lose sight of them. That God comes to Abraham, who's an idolater from the land of Ur. That God comes to a bush burning in a desert to a shepherd named Moses with a speech problem. That God would come to a widow in Zarephath who's about to die, who only has a handful of flour and oil. That God comes to Elijah in a still small voice. So a dirty old village named Nazareth to a young peasant girl named Mary. Yeah, that sounds like our God. The one who never stops coming, moving, to be with his people in the lowliest of ways, to bring about the greatest miracle of all, faith. Faith in his son. Faith in his presence. Faith in his power to save you, to redeem you. Faith in his love to forgive you, to stand by you. See his movement. How he makes his grand entrance. The God of God and the King of Kings comes to a manger, a feeding trough for animals. He goes to the dirty tables of sinners. He eats with them. He enjoys their company. He goes to caves where demon-possessed men are locked up and hidden from man, but not from him. Nothing stands in the way of God's movements to his people. God comes to be with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. From the manger to the cross to the grave, to men and women, fathers and mothers, to his children who are held in the bondages of sin and the clutches of the evil one, and the power of Satan wrapped around them tight, Christ moves to them when they sit by wells of water. On the side of the road, in lonely grassy hills, in the busy streets, and he cures their illnesses, releases them from every sin, and it matters not how little you have or how dirty you are or which town you reside, he is God with us, Emmanuel. But to believe that, believe that he is with you in all things to believe his word is true in all things it's as impossible as it would be for a virgin to conceive for God to be born of a woman how can this be an angel is sent to you and says greetings the Lord be with you and we're Lutherans so we say and also with you. But do we not have questions about that greeting that we take so lightly, especially this year? Is he really with us? Is he really with me? Like Mary, we're told she was greatly troubled at that saying, not because it's just a Lutheran one. She's trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be just as we do when we hear the promises of God too. And we're trying to discern, is God really with me? How can this be true? How do I know? The angel replies, Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary's not so sure. Even after hearing such great promises, she, she shows us that faith doesn't come from man. Instead, she responds with questions inquisitively. She's asking, but Lord, how? How can this be since I'm a virgin? You know, her heart wants to believe. It just can't. Just like your heart swirls too when the promises of God are spoken. That Christ reigns over you and he's coming again. That your day of redemption is drawing near. You'll live in a new heavens and a new earth where, where death will be swallowed up forever, where tears will be wiped away from all faces, where you will stand before the Lamb upon his glorious throne, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It all sounds wonderful. We want to believe that, but how can it be? How can you be sure? How can you be certain? How do you know when, when something as small as a microscopic virus can upend all of life throughout the world and kill so many? when families are being torn apart by politics and pride, when the devil runs around day after day, breathing down my neck, when your tears keep falling and your sin keeps rearing its ugly head, how can this be that God will do what he says in all things? Mary knows that you can't give birth when you're a virgin and that God can't be born of a woman. Because the greatest miracle has not yet been worked in her, her faith, which comes upon her when she hears the final message of Gabriel. He saves the best promise for last. He tells her the one thing that ignites a flame in her heart and turns her from her doubts to a life of full devotion to God and full trust in his word in all things. Gabriel tells Mary about one more place that God went. Not to a burning bush, not to a widow in Zarephath long ago who you don't even know, but Mary, he came to Elizabeth. Mary, the angel says, your relative Elizabeth in her old age and who you know has been barren her whole life long, she's conceived a son, Mary. She's been pregnant for six months. Nothing's impossible with God. And Mary believes a most beautiful faith has worked in her heart upon hearing that the God of the universe has come upon her relative Elizabeth and she is pregnant. And Mary's forever changed. For by faith, she now sees just like you that you have a God who is not far from you, but indeed who is in your very midst and who fashions miraculous events and the lives of those around you simply for the sole purpose of bringing about faith in you and carrying out his salvation. Perhaps you have a relative or friend whom the Lord has visited and worked miracles. But more than this, you have a Savior, God's own dear Son, 
the one whom Mary carried in her womb. Dear saints of Trinity, your Savior, Jesus Christ, who you know to be a historical figure, a man in history, born in a town called Bethlehem, raised by a father, Joseph, and a mother, Mary, was crucified under Pontius Pilate, died, and was buried. And three days later, God raised him from the dead. Therefore, nothing is impossible with God. And that you believe these words to be true, that Jesus died and rose again, shows that God has worked his greatest miracle in your life, just as he did for Mary. Therefore, you know that all I have declared to you is true, and that you can trust God and his word in all things, that Christ is reigning on his throne right now over you and over this world, and all things are being placed under his feet. And he is coming soon for your salvation, and your day of redemption is drawing near. And when he comes, you shall be like him, and you will live in the new heavens and the new earth, and you will stand before the Lamb and celebrate the greatest wedding banquet that your eyes had ever seen, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so by faith alone, we say, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be done, just as you say. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.